views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's great, great, great to have all of you tuning us in and turning us on. We've got a great show lined up for all of you today. Uh, First, I want to say, wow, if you are listening to that past show with Lynn Brown, please, please, please mark April 30th on your calendar as the event that you're going to want to attend here in Seattle. It's going to be like through the roof, exciting. We're thrilled about it. So for those of you that want to find out more, I'm going to make sure you get lots of information out there about it. Uh, Yeah, it is so super, super, super exciting. I want to thank you all for tuning us in and turning us on. And boy, I'm telling you, life is really, really amazing. You know, part of what I like to do is be able to explore things uh, that many of us haven't uh, had a chance to really talk about or take the time for. You know, today, Claire Dunn is joining me here today. We're talking about Wounded Healer of the Soul. This is an illustrated biography of Carl Jung. And I love this book. Well, first of all, I have had some, you know, early understanding of, of who this man was. But I don't know that any of us could really understand the depth and the breadth of his journey. You know, I came across a letter uh, from, uh, I can't, I did, I came across a letter uh, that Carl Jung wrote in 1961 or so. And I might, uh, I might be able to get to it to talk with you about, but what I love is that Claire Dunn is the author broadcast producer and radio television. She's lectured around the world on Carl Jung and other diverse subjects. She's born in Ireland and a resident of Australia for many years, founded two Australian multicultural radio stations, awarded the Medal of the Order of Australia for her contribution to multiculturalism, Celtic culture and ethnic broadcasting. You got to love this. Because here we are, this is her third book, and the book really talks about, you know, this idea of a man, this absolute soul, this wounded healer of the soul. But any of us that have gotten to know anything about Carl Jung, even a teeny bit, not even close to what Clara has done, has come to so appreciate what his journey must have been like. And so this essentially, it's fully illustrated book 
of Carl Jung, one of the world's most influential think, think, thinkers and founder. We call him fi- a founding father of psychology. And for those of us that went down the path of psychology, we got to dance a little bit in his world, but not enough to fully understand the journey or what it was like. You know, this book continues to be one of the most amazing invitations to get to know this true revolutionary who helped shape psychology. And I'm saying in ways beyond anything we can imagine. You know, today in the world, we're faced with looking at the world of psychology, especially if you're me and you, you've went down the path of being educated in that. You go down the path and you think to yourself, well, wait a minute, do I want to show up as a traditional psychologist today? And I had to face that for myself in 2001. And when I had to decide, do I want to be out there as someone that is not going to be able to integrate the realm that Carl Jung, you know, danced in, lived in, and lived by. Is this something that I want to do? And so what I'm talking about for this has to do with the pathway that broadens any and all of the definitions we have for the world of psychology, but also, most importantly, helps us understand what his life was like. But here we are. We're going to take this journey now with Claire because this book is brilliant. And we've got copies of the book to, to give away to those of you out there. You know, think about having this connection with this amazing individual as Claire has and be able to look at this absolute sense of humanity that each of us has and look at his own individuation process, beautifully presented in the book, with so much clarity and insight, and the psychic unfolding of his own transforming journey. I mean, this is what I love. When we think about the fact that we get to know and understand a level of authentic transformation, where we are not holding back about what our journey's like, And then to be able to articulate it, which I'm not quite sure that Jung was able to do really well. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to read something in a little bit that that kind of points to that. But if you're Claire and you are looking at this book, which brings Jung vibrantly to life, literally off of the pages, off of the pages, and you get to ask yourself, is this myth or is this man? And then look at some of the gifts he has shared in the world with us. Whether you're thinking about the many forms of conversation around archetypes, clearly we're looking at archetypes and we're thinking to ourselves, well, wait a minute, Carolyn Mace brought those to the forefront. But wait, before Carolyn Mace, who was it? Who is this man? You know, this force of nature that was expressing itself through him. And I love what he says. I, I have to tell you, I, I was reading some of this uh, the other day and actually even last night. And I was reading some of this. And I want to just read this to all of you, uh, of you. And this is from the book, Wounded Healer of the Soul. It's an illustrated biography. Carl Jung, Claire Dunn wrote it, forward by Oliver Bernier. 
and and an introduction by Jean Houston. But here's what I want to read on one of the pages. It says, people who knew Jung testify that he was a living example of his own psychology. At once human, fallible, and great, he lived in two worlds, earth-rooted and spiritually centered, both lives outer and inner, he saw as the natural state of realized humanity. Jung's work reflects his life. Of himself, he said, I am the clash of opposites. Throughout a long life, he learned to live and reconcile those polarities into a unity of wholeness. My gosh, today we're talking about wholeness and consciousness of money. We're having that conversation and the archetypes. And, you know, I could just hear this ring true um, about this, you know, for many, many reasons. And think to myself, wow, this is incredible. Well, you know. Uh, what can we do? Uh, what can we learn? Uh, what can we say? Here's what I want to say. I want to read a little bit more. It says, um, at 84, he said of that long trek, this is, this is Carl Jung, the journey from cloud cuckoo land to reality lasted a long time. In my case, Pilgrim's progress consisted in having to climb down a thousand ladders until I could reach out my hand to the little clod of earth that I am. <clears throat> wow. I, I started to, to think about this and read this. There's another thing that I was reading, and I'm so excited to do this. We're going we're gonna to go to break here in a minute, and, and, and Claire will join us in the conversation. But I was reading this, and I was really struck by what this must have been like. You know, uh, let me just read this to you. Jung goes on to say, it is the truth, the force of nature that expresses itself through me. I am only a channel. Didn't we just hear Lynn talk about that? I am only a channel. I can imagine in many instances where I would become sinister to you. For instance, if life had led you to take up an artificial attitude, then you wouldn't be able to stand me because I am a natural being. By my very presence, I crystallize. I am ferment. The, unconscious of pe the unconsciousness of people who live in the artificial manner senses me as danger. Everything about me irritates them. My way of speaking, my way of laughing, they sense nature. And for, for me, I discovered bits and pieces of who this incredible individual was pretty much at the worst points in time in my life. Now, here's what I want to say. Who are the two people I discovered when I was down and out, <laughs> down and out in New Jersey, let's say? I discovered two people, really interesting people. One of them is not the topic of conversation today, uh, you know, Edgar Allan Poe, but the other is Carl Jung. But I will tell you that my discovery of this didn't come from an academic perspective. You know, it didn't come from, yeah, let's go back to school and let's kind of look at what he said and what he did. No, it came from bits and pieces of, of his work that friends had introduced me to. You know, different pieces of art that I happened to see, maybe, maybe by going to some kind of art show in New York, uh, or maybe not. You know, what, how did I come to know the holy face? You know, a painting of this. 
You know, what is it about our journeys where we get to touch upon things? But I will say this to everyone listening. Don't ever give up your dream. You know, Carl, Carl Jung talks about the dream. Don't ever give up your dream. And the reason I say that is because when we give up our dreams, we're giving up a piece of our soul's conversation with, ourselves, with us. We're giving up parts of ourselves that would say, you know, Pat, kind of like sitting there dabbling in life for most of your life, never really imagining that you could be of service in the world, never thinking about how I might be able to show up and help somebody that perhaps struggled the way I did, you know, perhaps had a rough childhood, a mother that committed suicide. But maybe if you're hearing something today, you will too wonder the next time maybe you come across something that says, written by Carl Jung or Carl Jung or Carl Jung or however you say it, however I used to say it, the thing you'll stop and do is, is to recognize and take a moment to breathe it in. Because this is really the wonderment that we live in today, that we just finished a show talking about the consciousness of money. And there are no mistakes. I mean, we don't sit here and line things up like this. And now we're getting ready to have a conversation, you know, with Claire about the wounded healer of the soul. So here's the question I'd like to, to ask you before we go, go to break is, have you ever felt that your soul was wounded? You heard me just talk about it before. You know, do we have uh, woundedness happening right now? especially around money, especially about abundance, especially around prosperity, especially around material things in the world. Has the past eight to 10 years left us in, a in an abyss, this place where we cannot reconcile between the, the baubles and the shiny things in the outer world and the pain and the remnants of our past? But who can show up to help us along the way? You know, who might it be? Might it be one of the studies that uh, Carl Jung did? Maybe one of the people that get recognized in his first body of work? You know, is it when he says what actually takes place inside the mentally ill? You know, he could have asked my mother that question because nobody actually asked my mother that question. I wonder what would happen if a Carl Jung would have been available during the time of her pain you know, her soul's uh, out of alignment with the day and the age she lived in. But what about that question? What actually takes place inside the mentally ill? No one really considered that. Certainly not for myself. Certainly not for the other people that we know. Certainly not for the rise in suicides in this, in this country. Certainly not for the pivotal work that Carl Jung did to help establish a, a very profound spiritual platform for a 12-step program of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I don't know if you even knew that, but certainly his pivotal letter and the pain expressed in that letter as he described his helpless journey in being able to help so many people overcome addiction. It brings to the forefront the fact that even with the many, many failures, we are never quite out of possibilities. 
And one of the things I learned along the way and definitely learned from some of the more interesting things I've discovered about, you know, this interesting soul we call Carl Jung and now Claire Dunn is that failure, failure does not have a strong hold on possibility. As a matter of fact, failure in my life has been a gateway, a portal for the unlimited nature of possibility. Possibility that can be so structured and strategic, yet so fluid like water from a fresh stream. And the world we live in today, believe it or not, from our consciousness or our unconscious or the collective subconscious, we get to know and understand whether or not we're being pushed or pulled forward towards a vision. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, get ready to take a journey with us. Get ready to take that journey down the, down the roads of this wounded healer of the soul. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Transformation Talk Radio is dedicated to the education and awareness of Lyme disease. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Lyme Talk Radio. I'm Dr. Pat, joined here by Dr. Nusheen Darvish. Dr. Pat Basili and Dr. Nusheen Darvish will be bringing the most innovative, groundbreaking information, research, treatment innovations, and stories from those it affects every day. I'm so excited to be talking about this. We have so much to share. Dr. Darvish and I are planning to do is connect the dots. People suffering with all sorts of chronic diseases, it's time. It is time for them to transform. Tune into Lyme Talk Radio and help keep our mission strong for the loyal listeners out there that have been listening to this incredible show on Lyme disease we are not going to let you down we're going to come through stronger and enrich the platform for Lyme disease awareness through Lyme Talk Radio the message will continue the conversations will become stronger and the healing epic Hey everyone, meet my friends at the Maca team. The ancient Inca root vegetable Maca is known worldwide for its huge array of health benefits. As a family-run company of true Maca specialists, the Maca team is here to bring you the best Maca the Peruvian mountains has to offer. Yellow Maca, used to promote endurance, vitality, fertility, hormone health, and much more is on sale now. I love it. Visit themacateam.com to order yours now. Themacateam.com. Are you searching? Looking for a sign? A message you need to hear? From the great unknown? From the most mysterious place? That is the most familiar to your soul in the depths of who you are? The universe puts someone here to talk to. Someone God gave a blessing to that you may find insight with. TheAngelLady.net. 1-800-323-1790. naturopathic doctor, founder of the Martha's Vineyard Holistic Retreat, and author of the New York Times bestseller, 21 Pounds in 21 Days, Dr. Ronnie Deleuze has helped tens of thousands of people, including celebrities and athletes, with her message of lifestyle change. Now, Dr. Ronnie Deleuze wants to help you. You, too, can be saved. Email Dr. Ronnie Deleuze at info at ronniedeleuzeonradio.com and visit mvholisticretreat.com. Dr. Ronnie Deleuze, your partner in wellness. 
Hey everybody, this is Dr. Pat. Many of you have heard me talk about the Lyme disease epidemic going on right now in the world. I wanna tell you about my friends at Results RNA. They have now created an entire Lyme support system for immune system support, detoxification, rejuvenation, and neurological healing. Please visit ResultsRNA.com to learn more. And for first-time orders, you'll receive a special 10% discount. All you have to do is type in Dr. Pat at checkout. Are you ready for a game changer? Sarah Westall is bringing you Business Game Changers Radio. Sarah brings you leading experts, visionaries, and newsmakers who provide the best commentary on big issues and cutting-edge innovations. Sarah's 20 years as a business executive will help you think like an entrepreneur with expertise, energy, and attitude. Tune in to Business Game Changers Mondays at noon Pacific, 3 Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Yeah, we're going to be having Clara Dunn join us here in a minute. You know, I wonder what it was like, but you know what I'd like to do if we could, um, uh, we'll do this later on, but just make a note. We've got four copies of uh, Wounded Healer of the Soul to give away to all of you. You know, what is it about uh, what we do and what we understand about our own lives? You know, what I love about what Clara has done is she's put together this story about somebody that I think was so misunderstood. Uh, Let me tell you what I mean, if I could. Hang on for one second. I want to read something to you. Uh, in 1960, what year was it? 1961, uh, there is a letter that Carl Jung wrote back. And he wrote back to, just so you know, he wrote back to a gentleman named Bill Wilson. And, you know, Bill Wilson is one of the founding people of 12-step program or Alcoholics Anonymous to be exact. And this gentleman writes a letter in 1961 to Carl Jung. And it says, my dear Dr. Jung. Now, what do I want to say about this? I'm not going to read this because we don't have enough time in the show. But he goes on. You can Google this if you like. But what he's doing is he's acknowledging Carl Jung early on, 1931, 1932, when Carl Jung himself was greatly responsible for working with people with addictions. And so he happened to work with somebody that uh, is, is named Roland. And in the end, uh, Carl Jung had some success early on, but then not. So here's what I want to read to you. In 1961, January 30th of 1961, Carl Jung wrote a letter back. And this is, this was more telling to me. And, and I don't know, I don't know if this letter has shown up in any of the archives or any of the history of any of the story about Carl Jung. But I wanted to share it with you because I didn't come across this letter until recently. Of course, we have the internet now. I mean, you Google Carl Jung and you get like stuff you can't even believe you got. But here's what it says. Dear Mr. Wilson, your letter has been very welcome indeed. 
I have had no, no news from Roland H. anymore and often wondered what has been his fate. Our conversation, which he has adequately reported to you, had an aspect of which he did not know. The reason was that I could not tell him everything was that those days I had to be exceedingly careful of what I said. Now, I have to pause here because this is Carl Jung. Some of it's typed, some of it's handwritten. This is Carl Jung expressing what this must have been like for him. Now, listen to what else I found in this letter, and, and I would like to read it. It says, I was misunderstood in every possible way. So now this is Carl Jung, if you can think about it, 1961, right? You know, um, this is January of 1961. For whatever reason, Bill Wilson decided he's not going to write Carl Jung. 35 years passed since Jung did anything with uh, Wilson to help, to help him. 30, okay, what, what do we know about this? Five months later, five months after this letter, Carl Jung was gone. So here's what this says. It says, I had to be exceedingly careful of what I said. I had found out that I was misunderstood in every possible way. Thus, I was very careful when I talked to Roland H. But what I really thought about was the result of many experiences with men of his kind. And he goes on to talk about what this means. He goes on to say, his craving for alcohol was the equivalent of a low-level spiritual thirst of our being for wholeness, expressed in medieval language, the union with God. How could one formulate such an insight in a language that is not misunderstood in our days? The only right and legitimate way to such an experience is in that it happens to you in reality. It can only happen to you when you walk on a path which leads you to a higher understanding. And so the letter does go on, and you can certainly Google it. But what Carl Jung talks about, and he goes on to say uh, in writings, I am strongly convinced that the evil principle prevailing in this world leads the unrecognized spiritual need into perdition. If it is not counteract either by or at real religious insight or the protective wall of human community, and he goes on to talk about this. And, and then he finally says, I'm telling you, I read this letter and I've never, I've read a lot of things by Carl Jung and I've never read something quite like this. And he talks about the fact, and he's using language like resist the power of evil. He talks about uh, very aptly called the devil. But the, this is now him saying, but the use of such words arouse so many mistakes that one can only keep aloof from them as much as possible. So here's a man that we look back and we think about now, and we think about the body of work. And I, I, I really am struck by the fact that I read this book by Claire Dunn, and then I read this letter, and I, I cannot imagine what Carl Jung really wanted to say that he couldn't say. So he goes on to say, there are the reasons why I could not give a full and sufficient explanation, but I'm risking it with you. And here he is five months from making his transition. 
He comes and he talks about things that he'd not been able to talk about. And in, in the letter, in, in, at, the, at the end of the letter, you know, he goes on to say something that is, has, he's been quoted for over and over again. And that spirit is contra spiritum. It's a helpful formula. And he talks about those words, you know, the highest religious experience, the word for that, as well as the most depraving poison. And he goes on to say, and a quote from Psalm 42, 1, as the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. For all the times that you reign on my parade And all the clubs you get in using my name You think you broke my heart, oh girl, for goodness sake You think I'm crying on my own the doctor is in. Tune in to the hit show, The Psychic Love Doctor, with host Deborah Lee. Deborah's life affirming, highly perceptive reading method has taught Deborah how to zero in on specific problems with relationships, career pursuits, and current roadblocks to success and happiness. Join Deborah Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific and for a special broadcast the second Thursday of every month at 11 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Do you want the freedom to spend more time with your loved ones? Travel the world? Live spontaneously? Get ready, because the Chip Justice Show is here. Hosts Dr. Pat Basile and Chip Justice can help you build meaningful success while embracing life. Living a life you love is the end game in this new, inspirational, and empowering show. Positive changes for a life you'll love. Tune in every month on TransformationTalkRadio.com and visit PositiveChangeInstitute.co for more information. Tune in to the Angels and Answers Psychic Radio Show with Clairvoyance Artie Hoffman and Sky Siegel every Thursday for a two-hour show, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Transformation Talk Radio. Artie and Sky deliver spiritual and motivational messages with passion and a sense of humor. Call in 800-930-2819 for live and on-air readings. Visit ArtieHoffman.com and SkyOfAngels.com. Tune in to Lucid Planet Radio with Dr. Kelly Neff. This hit show will illuminate your senses and empower you beyond your daily stressors and hardships. Renowned psychologist and author Dr. Kelly will captivate you with far-reaching topics and amazing guests as you wake to the greatest version of yourself. Learn to tap into your intuitions, think critically about our world, heal emotional and psychological wounds, and follow your passions to live your dreams. The Lucid Planet. Welcome home. Visit lucidplanetradio.com for more information. We Carry the Light with host Dr. Susan Allison is the show that inspires you to find the light within and shine your light in the world. You'll hear from guests who model how to be the highest, brightest, most evolved, fulfilled, and conscious humans possible. Tune in each Thursday, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com and let Dr. Susan help you discover that you carry the unique light that only you can shine. Do you want to achieve your goals? Do you want to strengthen relationships with others? Do you want to improve your financial status? Colette Marie Steffen is partnering with Mark Kettenbach to bring you an energetic upgrade online experience launching in April. Unfold and develop your full potential. 
Visit energeticupgrade.com today for more information. That's energeticupgrade.com. Anyone thinking I still care or don't, but you still hit my phone up. And baby, I'll be moving on. And I think you should be Hey, everybody, welcome back. I want to just make sure we are going to give a copy of this fabulous book away. I mean, it really is a masterpiece, as I've said to you before. Wounded Healer of the Soul. It's an illustrated biography. Carl Jung, Claire Dunn joining me here today. But, Benny, let's go open up the phone lines and let's give our first copy away. 1-800-930-2819. 1-800-930-2819. Claire, thank you so much for joining me. This must have been an incredible uh, journey for you and your life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, Jung lives on in my life, uh, although the book was written uh, uh, a, a while ago, mm-hmm. um, and it has been a long journey for me. And I, I wanted to ask you, I was saying that before the break, I, I pulled up a letter um, that I had come across, and it was a letter written in January of 61 uh, from Carl Jung to Bill W. And that was, I think, what, four or five months before Carl Jung passed. Uh, yes, it was. I was So it was an acknowledgement from Bill W. Yes. Of the uh, influence role that Jung had played in the founding and the manner of conduct of Alcoholics Anonymous. Yes. I... So, and it was an acknowledgement of something that had happened many, many years before. Mm-hmm. What did um, you make in that letter? I want to ask you this relative to this fabulous book that you have. There are a couple of lines in the letter that I was really taken aback by. And it was it saddened me. You know, and I read the words from the letter where Jung was saying, you know, I couldn't speak of these things at that time. Is that what you discovered when you put this this biography together? Do you think that, you know, there were other things that he would have loved to say or say differently. I'm so curious about that because you've put so much into this book. I, I actually do think that, Pat, that there are things that have not been, that he pointed to uh, in one case, uh, but things that have not yet been, that he couldn't express fully. And I'll give you two examples. Yes. Um, uh, one example is that late in his life he had an experience with music and its ability to reach archetypal levels in ourselves, and he felt that in his own body, uh, working with a music therapist from San Francisco. And after that he said he felt that music should be a part of every therapy. Uh. Now that's not something that he was able to do in his time. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it is something that he has pointed to, and it is, that's a subject area that I want to take up myself mm-hmm. in relation to Jung and to other things um, very shortly. So that's one. And he was very much ahead of his time in that. Yeah. The, yeah. And that came from his own experience, because the thing with Jung was he always experienced things first himself. Then he worked out what was happening with his patients, and he observed uh, that. He also then went to uh, ancient cultures worldwide to find its universal aspects. 
And then he brought it forth in the manner in which his work came through. Mm-hmm. So when Jung is talking about music, that would be an early stage of a journey that he would have taken had he lived long enough. Mm. Now, there's another one. In his autobiography, he does bring up the subject of karma and reincarnation. Yeah. And he reaches a conclusion that there's not enough evidence and he can't make any definite statement about it. But we know that some of what went into that autobiography has been toned down by its editors. <laughs> it's, it's not the only subject area that's been toned down. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we don't actually know from his own statements what he finally thought about it, if you know what I mean. We don't know his full thoughts on the subject. But it was one that he was opening into himself. And where he might have taken it had he lived long enough, who knows. But it does state a thing in, in, in a Western viewpoint that he was coming to that comes from the East. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it, it shows him at the very early stages of what he had already brought through. And this is what shows up in the Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah letter yeah i i i thought about this claire and i would love for you to talk about this because in the book that that you've got here uh i came across uh and i don't know why this page popped out but there's a page in the book where you know jung is in his 70s beginning to feel the toll of the years at many levels and i was really struck by the letter too i mean he's not in his 70s here but and he goes on to say i will soon be 74 i have to tell myself twice a day not too much. Snails pace and rest in between and a change of snail horses. I'm like an old car, right? With 257,000 kilometers on its back that still can't shake off memory of its 20 horsepower. Nonetheless, I console myself with the thought that the only, that only a fool expects wisdom. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Right. And yet now fast forward to this letter where he said, how could one formulate such an insight in a language that is not misunderstood in our days? These are yes. interesting questions, aren't they? You know, do they you are think very interesting questions. questions. Yeah. And, and I think with that letter, for instance, that you've yeah. just quoted on, yeah. on age, he, uh, it, it both shows up Jung's sense of humor <laughs> and his earthiness and his ability to live an a uh, an earth-centered and spiritually-centered life, like an earth-rooted and spiritually-centered life. And I think this is also in the letter that you're quoting yeah. from Alcoholics yeah. Anonymous, because mm-hmm. he says in that, and you probably already quoted this to your listeners, his crave, the, the person he was talking about, a, a former client mm-hmm. uh, who was alcoholic, and he says he's craving for alcohol was the equivalent on a low level of the spiritual thirst of our being for wholeness expressed in medieval language, the union with God. Mm -hmm. I did read that. And he also makes another statement in that letter, which I now need to, yes, because he says, you see, alcohol in Latin is spiritus, 
and you use the same word for the highest spiritual experience as well as for the most depraving poison. The helpful formula, therefore, is spiritus contra spiritum, one against the other. Now, that's typical of Jung's range of what he brings through in his work. Mm -hmm. He brings through the whole spectrum, dark and light, from the lowest to the highest. And uh, And he presents a pathway for, to the spiritual via the psychological. And it's this pathway that is what he calls his individuation process, which is an initiatory, a self, um, 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 a natural, a natural, an, a natural process that can occur in people. And once we engage with that, we can come to the wholeness of our own spectrum. And it's not individualism, because in the wholeness must come a recognition of something that is greater than we are as a single um, individual uh, process, if that makes sense to you. It does. It totally makes sense because it is very, you know, I think that, and I shared this story uh, before you came on, as you know being someone i i also went back and i read some things from the book and some questions you know that he asked about mental illness there's another quote in, in another page in the book about this but yet at the same time what it really brings to the forefront for many of us is the notion that he had questioning questioning and questioning so many things and i often thought about this because you know my coming into conversation with him had many different aspects. I think, Benny, we're going to have to do a little redial, um, unless you're fit. Clara, are you still with us? I am still with you. You never believe what's happening now. My agent in London is trying to make contact. My uh, <laughs> publisher in London is trying to make contact with me. <laughs> <laughs> because we're all trying to get you and get you here. You know, I, I went on to read some of the other things in this amazing book. And by the way, the first copy's gone. I'd love to give another copy away. 1-800-930-2819. You know, I can only imagine the many things that he wanted to say uh, that he didn't say and how they've come through in this one letter. This is one letter, right? That that many people don't even know about this letter. I came across it very accidentally, actually. But isn't it also true that in, in defining God consciousness, many people point to Jung for that? Is that, is that true, or did I make that up, Claire? No, no, not at all. Uh, I mean, I think he... Uh, what I think is personified in Jung is like a prototype of a consciousness that in his time and place was very far ahead of itself. And it's gradually because he died now in the 1950s. So it's gra- uh, 1961, yeah. actually. Yep. 61. So it's gradually coming through into our uh, consciousness. It's mm-hmm. gradually becoming a, a more general consciousness. And so that people are able to... Uh, tune into Jung and know what he was talking about and apply it to our time. 
Um, and I, it's like I remember talking to somebody in, in Ireland who was working, who was a Jungian, he was also a Catholic priest, mm-hmm. and he was an artist all at once. And wh- what he said to me, look, he said, I'm not anything special. What I'm talking about now will become more general in 10 years' time. And I think that's what we're saying with Jung. I I think what we're talking about now is an evolution of consciousness. And what we're talking about in Jung is a prototype of a kind of consciousness that is to become and is becoming more general in our time. Yeah. I I want to ask you, Clara, about something very specific. And I know that uh, I hope you'll come back and and we'll do part two of this. I I was really struck by the term um, psychic event. And I know you cover this in the book. I know that under, uh, you know, the, the conversation and a chapter on synchronicity, you know, there are several points where Jung is, is talking about modern psychology and physics, but he uses the term psychic event. Now, that is a term now that was used throughout many, many publications for spirituality. What did he, what, from your perspective, was he talking about spirituality or did he really mean psychic event the way that we're talk- we, we know it to be today? Uh, well, my understanding of a psychic is uh, I think you can be psychic without mm-hmm. being spiritual. Yeah. And I think you can be spiritual without being psychic. Mm. But they lie very close together. And <sighs> a psychic event is usually... Um, uh, um, Time and space becomes very relative, and the psychic event operates within a relative time and space. If it is spiritually centered, then it's the spiritual um, making its way through the psyche. I mean, I think everything is spiritual if we can see it. Yeah. Uh, But uh, the psychic events that Jung experienced in his own initiation uh, what, there was a very specific one I think that can be talked about this minute and that is when he was on a train in 1913 out of nowhere he had a um, uh, a waking experience of Europe in uh, a blood and turmoil and uh, it was a repeated experience, and there was a voice that came with it that said, look at it, this will happen, and know that it will be so. I'm paraphrasing slightly. Mm. Um, that was in October 1913. When World War One broke out in August 1914, he recognized, because he didn't know, he thought he was going mad. He didn't understand what was happening to him. And when World War I broke out in uh, early August, he understood that he'd been given a psychic vision of what was to come. So it was uh, in a relativity of time and space, as so often psychic things are, and it had come to pass in time. In other words, he was being shown something in future time. Yeah. And it, it, it had to be lived in three-dimensional time until it came into its future aspect. Mm. Now, Jung had a lot of experiences like that. Yeah. And, and he, would, he would call that 
as part of the living experience of our psyche at a, a level that is very close to just right on to the spiritual. I don't know if that says what you're asking. Yeah, me. absolutely. You know, one of the things that, uh, that I, I find so fascinating is something you said earlier, and that is, uh, you know, today, are we starting to look at some of the things that, you know, Carl Jung brought to the forefront and see them as quite applicable and aligned with some of the, Ap- right? You know what I mean? Uh, uh, he he was he always said one has to experience and to know, not just believe in things. Yes, you know. And a... his his individuation process <sighs> is is to help clear the path so that one can experience and to know, which is getting into the mystical area. One of the interesting things, Claire, that I found is in the book is, you know, his comment about God and the conversation of God. And I think he was talking to uh, a Catholic priest, I believe, at the time. And he talked about, you know, God as the most proper subject to conversation between two human beings. But, but, you know, not not so worthy of, of entrance into all walks of our lives. And he goes on to say something like it's more polite to talk about sex than it is God. But then, yes. you know, there's, there's something else he says, I think, in a letter that followed that. He really says that, and, and asks us, there, there is a decisive question for us as humans. And he, he says, it, it, are we or is he related to something infinite or not? And boy, I'm telling you, I've never really, you know, heard a question that literally breaks down a subject that has become so complex in, in our day and age, to that question, do we believe in something infinite or not? Yes, and he also said it's got nothing to do with creeds yes. or belonging to a particular church. Right, right. Um, and he is saying that that is the spiritual, uh, that spiritual repression is uh, an illness of our time, and it was one that he found was in every one of his clients past the age of 35, in other words, in the second half of life, and that it, they didn't really become well until they regained a, a, a sense of the spiritual, which had nothing to do with creeds or belonging to an organization. Mm. So wow. this is a natural sense of the spiritual, however it expresses itself in our lives. Um, and and this comes back to, uh, you see, his father was a, a minister of the church, mm-hmm. uh, a Christian minister, and he was one that the child felt his father was having struggles uh, uh, with his own um, religious outlook, but they were unaddressed. And the man, the father used to say to him, oh, one ought not to question, but to believe. And the child would think, no, one ought to experience and to know, which is a deeper sense of connection into the spiritual. Wow. Thank you so much for today. One. I, I, I hope you'll come back. I know this time is short, and I know that uh, now we know how to, to reach you sooner. I want to thank you for today, and I hope you'll come back and do part two. There are so many things here to talk about. What a brilliant book you've put together. 
um, wounded healer of the soul. Uh, Claire, one last question. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? And thank you so much for all that you're, you're doing. Oh, well, thank you so much uh, for uh, asking me. And I think there is one thing that I can say. Um, I've come to Jung as an ordinary reading member of the public. I'm not an analyst, and I'm not a Jungian. So I guess in my very minor way, I stand as an example to uh, your uh, um, listeners who may also be reading this book or other books similar to them, that we don't have to be um, professors to um, reach some understanding of where we're at. I love it. And, I, and this is really what we get to explore in this life. You know, we get to, to explore, I think, as Jung said, the limitless nature of consciousness. Thank you so much for joining me here today, Claire. For those of I you out there. Thank you so much. Oh, it's amazing. This book is incredible. Uh, for all of you out there, you can find out more about Claire. Go to clairedunn.net, D-U-N-N-E.net. For us, go to the drpatshow.com. And remember this. We get to explore the realms without limitation and, and experience what it's like to walk on the water of unlimited possibilities. We'll see you next time. The audio was via a Skype call.